Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 290 of Cantina MX Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jaime Landeros. Trying to catch up on everything that you guys, you guys missed out last week, including the 45 players that have been called up for potentially Gold Cup and the last few partidos moleros. FIFA cracking down on Mexico's chant. And, of course, Chivas debut on Prime with their new TV show, El Rebaño Sagrado. We're going to talk about it. But before I go any further, let's introduce the panel tonight. Coming in from SoCal, we have Joel. Joel, how we doing? Ah, I'm feeling good, man. Yeah? That's good, good to hear. Good, good start of the week. And then... Over here in the warm south, we have Cheekies. Cheekies, how we doing? Hey, we're here washing dishes. Washing dishes. <laughs> how you guys doing? Dish duty, huh? Uh, again, still. I'll be done in a sec, man. <laughs> <laughs> well. Doing good, though, guys. We already have... Uh, People on YouTube, thank you guys so much. Uh, tonight, I had kind of started the stream early just to let people know that we were starting soon. John's uh, giving us a shout out, and uh, he says, "Grito nada de chant." Um, we're gonna get right into it. FIFA had slapped Mexico on the wrist. They had investigated the Olympic. The Preolimpico that happened in Guadalajara, they are just now punishing Mexico for it. Uh, they've given them a two-match sort of uh, behind closed doors for the World Cup qualifiers. So Mexico to start off their campaign to, to qualify for Qatar. Uh, they will not have fans uh, for the first two matches. And they are just, check this out guys, they are just starting to investigate the Partidos Moleros starting with Iceland. Uh, Mexico. So, guys, are are we gonna miss out on on Qatar because of this behavior? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think there's gonna be fines. Uh, well, there's there's a small possibility. Just just kind of use it, I guess. Um, because there's a lot of hypocrisy going on. You know, it's it's the punishment is because the chan is. It's allegedly homophobic, and and there's a whole discussion about that. Well, not chant like, like uh, what was it? Um, like in the, like they said in the chat, it's a grito. It is. It's it's not a chant. Um, but so for example, that that's that's what FIFA is punishing. But at the same time, they awarded the World Cup to Qatar, where it's it's illegal to be gay. So sort of like. You know, like, hey, pay, don't don't look at this. Uh, look, look what we're doing. You know. Hey, so it's so you're saying that it's pretty much all about the money. It's pretty Peace, much what Qatar. Qatar, it's all about the money, pretty much. Qatar will pay. Yeah, it provide, is. They'll provide the World Cup a ton of bucks, of venues. Uh, well, it's paid for FIFA, already. FIFA's gonna. Well, FIFA's gonna like bow down to that. They're gonna accept that. Well, well, keep keep but, in mind, Chiki's World World Cup gets 
what is it, about eight years in advance that you get, it gets allocated. So yeah. a lot of that stuff has already been, you know, bought and sold. I mean, does FIFA want to pay Qatar back? There could be, you know. Well, they knew FIFA and everyone in the whole world knew like long ago how Qatar was. My my thing oh, is yeah, just yeah. like Jaime was saying that is Mexico going to miss out on the World Cup? I think it might be a possibility because Mexico, like in CONCACAF, Mexico is the cash cow, right? CONCACAF is going to bow down to Mexico and Mexico is going to have like a benefit of the doubt. They're going to have all the advantages, privileges and stuff. And FIFA, I don't know how huge Mexico really is to where FIFA is going to be like, man, we can't have a World Cup without Mexico. Like if it was Argentina, no. sure. They, they're going to be like, yeah, no. World Cup without Mexico is no big deal. So I can see it them like saying, deal. okay, Mexico. Not for FIFA, man. FIFA, FIFA has, not for FIFA, because you're saying FIFA and not for Qatar. It is for like in the U.S. and in Mexico for TV yeah. purposes. That's what I'm saying. But FIFA has their money. Mexico goes or doesn't. So they don't need, FIFA don't um, need Mexico. Then. No, they don't that's need why, that's, why I'm, that's why I'm saying that they, they can possibly let kick them out if they keep on doing this chant, which I don't think it's as strong as it was before. But if they keep on doing this chant, FIFA has no problem like saying, okay, Mexico, you're done. Get out of here. Well, Mex- yeah, well, Mexico just play behind closed doors <laughs> up until the World Cup. No more fans. But, I, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because it had been controlled to an extent, and then it popped up during Olympicos. And then we have this whole issue of it happening in the U.S. because it's not necessarily Mexican fans doing it. And I mean Mexican fans from Mexico. It's now you have pochos or you have like Central Americans and you have, you know, other people that are at the game that would, that could uh, very possibly be doing the chant. And so that that's another issue. And, and it could, you know, it's, it's, does Mexico doesn't have control of what happens in another country. So how, how do you punish that, you know? Shouldn't you be punishing USSF at this point? Since they're the ones, you know, they have to approve all of this. All I know is I'm concerned. I'm a little concerned because we're just barely getting punished for the Preolimpico, and that was back in March. And Mexico has had plenty of partido modelos between now and then, also including the CONCACAF uh, Nations League. And at every single one of those matches, there has been the chance. And, you know, I was there in Denver. It happened in both matches. The referee stopped the game both times, warned the fans. So I don't know what this means moving forward because, you know, FIFA already, already you know, has punished Mexico for two World Cup qualifiers. What, what are they going to do once they find out that, you know, all these matches that they've been playing, uh, the chant has continued to happen? You know, are they going to continue to do this with, uh, with the closed matches, no fans? Or are they going to be <laughs> like, hey, you know what? If we hear this one more time, you guys are not going to be allowed to go to Qatar. Well, that you know what—that's well, the thing. There's like steps, though, man. There's like a protocol, of, of like a process of steps. I think there's four or five, and the next one is losing points. Oh, yeah. Wow. But but you know, there's also the issue of were, were you saying um, 
I guess Mexico was the, not Mexico, but the Mexican Football Federation. You know, they have been taking it serious. They've done, you know, they've they've done things to try to like speak out against it and all that. So it's not like that they don't care, you know. Similar to Qatar, where like I think it was early this year, they released something saying uh, LGBTQ uh-huh. flags are going to be allowed at the World Cup, and so it's like sort of to like take away from the whole, you know, to the whole issue of how the country treats treats uh, you know uh, gay lesbian, and so that that's sort of like kind of like a cover up, maybe maybe. Max needs to do something similar, man. Go release that. I don't know. LGBTQ <laughs> three jersey, you know. Hey, well, you know what's crazy? Um, Manuel Neuer, you know, goalkeeper, uh, and I believe the captain for the German national team, wore a rainbow captain's armband for the Euros. And there you uh, go. And guess what? They were looking into uh, UEFA was looking into it. I think FIFA too were looking into it potentially like um like getting him in trouble for wearing it because they didn't know what his intentions were they didn't know if like you know he was being oh. he was making fun of it and then he he had, Damn. He, had to come, so- he had to come out on record and say that no 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 like this signifies like unity and diversity like i'm not trying to like troll anyone we'll see they, they could they could you know take a cue from that and so... then just make an announcement release an announcement Saying that they're in full support, has a captain's armband, bring a make Memo Choa wear a Campos esque, you know, goalkeeper suit with the whole other rainbow colors. Maybe they can make it have him wear the team wear skirts or something. I don't know. Just, <laughs> I, I'm like, the thing about it is, you know, it's it's sort of like. Hypocrites, right? FIFA is like trying to crack down on us and really throw throw yeah. make make one of the bus while you know they've allowed to have two back to back World Cups in countries where you know homophobia is a big deal and you know they don't like gay people. So it's like, what the hell, man? Like, but uh, you know that's another argument. One thing for me though, uh, and I want to ask you guys, what does the Olympics have to do with FIFA? It's it's well, not they're, they're a, it's not a of, it's not a FIFA sh- uh, sanctioned tournament, is it? Kind of. Kind of is. Like, why should Mexico be punished for? Big, big a... reason why there's there's only like three, why it's only under twenty three, and and only three overage players, and that's that's to do with FIFA, not with the Olympic Committee that put mm. those restrictions. FIFA put them. I see. And then for the obvious reason, so it won't compete with the World Cup. Let me ask you guys like a trivia question. Do you guys know how, when, and why this chant started? I think it started with Atlas fans. Uh, so I think they started doing it. I don't know if it was Chivas. It, but it, it's, you're, you're, it you're, started... Uh... You're right about the Atlas thing. It's, yeah, it, it started in the Estadio Jalisco when Osvaldo Sanchez, you know, he was ah, yes. he started his career at Atlas, and then he ended up going to America, 
So when he was playing for America, that is when the chant started. It it started there, and I think when it became popular was when when uh, Mex hosted Olympic qualifiers, and I think they were they were in Guadalajara, they were in Jalisco, and and I think that's when you know it was it became more somehow it just blew up more. So we're kind of going full circle. It started in Guadalajara, and uh, we got disciplined for it in the matches in Guadalajara. <laughs> was was there back then? Like, was I don't think there was. Like, it was no big deal, really. It, it wasn't a big deal. And then, I mean, they started doing it for the World Cup. And so, I mean, you're going way back to, like, kind of early 2000s, you know? So And... Uh, yeah. It wasn't to the 2014, and mostly because of social media, because then that's where you started having, and it was, and it came from the U.S., you know, with people in the U.S. complaining, and and then sort of like dictating what it means. That that's why it's such a big controversy, because it's like, mm. you know, it, it means different things to different people, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm pretty sure for the majority they're not doing it. Because they're, you know, because they're homophobic. They're just doing it to mess with the player. And then just because it sounds funny. Um, but it's, it's. I mean, if it was homophobic, we have the, the clear example of Carlos Alcido. He's been caught multiple times in the, uh, you know, with his hand in the cookie jar in Brazil, visiting the, the you know. <laughs> <laughs> the Transformers. And then Sending pictures, yeah, sending, he got caught sending, his, his D-pick got leaked. And so this dude's well known for, for, you know, you could say at this point if he's gay or bi, but he's, it's well known, it's well documented. And he still played for, you know, after it was, you know, and if it was, every time he touched the ball, they would have been yelling stuff at him, yeah. you know, to mess with him. And dude, you got none of that. He really got none of that. Yeah, it really doesn't, you know, there's somebody on the subreddit in Liga Mekis that, you know, was trying to explain, you know, the different cultures and how, you know, there's like low context and high context. And like, you know, when you go to places like the United States or in Europe, like things mean literally what, you know, like if you say something like that's what they take it for literal, like, oh, okay, that's what it means. Yeah. Whereas in our culture, it's it does. There's a lot of layers. There's a lot of context required for you to understand the full well, scope of it. And uh, you know, what we might we, not find offensive is offensive in other countries because that's how they interpret it. And uh, you can thank Mexico for having so many Moleto games. You know, they they're the only country I know <laughs> that schedule more games in the United States than in their own country. So this is sort of some of the consequences of you know. Being in a different country, having this, you know, these fans sort of pick up this, I don't know what to call it. It's it's like, it's like tradition now every time the goalie, you know, kicks the ball. But, you know, now we're starting to see the consequences. And I understand, you know, things don't fly anymore, you know, where unfortunately it's, you know, they, everything is, you have to think twice about what you say nowadays. <laughs> you know, the, well, piece, I mean, the it PC culture. Well, yeah, yeah but, it depends. It depends who you offend. Because, for example... 
take the word shit, for example, you know, means feces. So if I were to read something like Mexico's The Shit, which was like a jacket. I don't know if you guys saw it. I, I remember it was, Ochoa was, was rocking that, yeah. Yeah, they were even rocked it. They got, they got some Selección players, and it said Mexico's The Shit. And if you just learned English, you're thinking, <laughs> you know, why are they... And we and even us, you know, that we <laughs> understand <laughs> it. But... <laughs> and, and, you know, even for us, like, when, when did that word become something good? How did it become associated? You know, how, how are you going to compare a turd to something that's really good? And <laughs> and that's just how language works, you know? It, it You know, the context changes all the time. That That's why it's such a big issue, because people hearing it in the U.S., they decided that's what it means, you know? And there was a L.A. Times article from, I think it was last week, in regards to the to the grito, you know, I'm gonna call it grito because uh, guys, correct on the chat, it's not, it's not a chant. Um, and and he was one of the quotes said, "It doesn't matter what it means to us; it matters what it means to them." And that statement is very wrong because then you're you're allowing a group of people to to dictate to control your language. You control your language, you control what, like you know, if you say something, then I can say no, that's not, that's not what you're saying. You know, and, and that's not, that's yeah. just not how it works. You can't let some group all of a sudden say, just dictate what would, you know, but, and, and change your yeah. culture. The, the counter argument to that is they're, they're not at home. They're in the United States, you know, kind of like with Cavani when he called his, you know, one of his good friends Negrito, you know, he was in, he was playing for Manchester United at the time in England. So it's like. They didn't do it on Instagram. Yeah. So. Well, that's see, and that's the thing. It's it's like social media, but how how are you gonna talk about respect other cultures, and then you're gonna go turn around, yeah, and then vilify them and say all of this stuff. So that's that's why it's like why you see so much people that are like not wanting to, like not not say the grito. Like to me, it's played out. I, I found it funny the first times I heard it. And I just thought, like, Celito is burned. Like, come on, dude. Let's, yeah. let's, it's to, let's come up with something else, man. We, it's time for the Max next. has a lot to pull from. Yeah, we have so Come many on. so many things that we could use, man. It's like, it's ridiculous. It is, it is time yeah. that, you know, we, we, we stop saying it and maybe find some other funny, funny way of making fun of the goalkeepers. We'll have to yeah, and I think for an extent, it's no longer about that. Now it's for a lot of people is, you know, you're, you're not going to tell me what to do or what to say. And that's that's the thing because, you know, you're you're, you're calling a lot of these fans homophobic. Yeah. And, and, I, and I'm pretty sure the vast majority aren't. And that's where you get the pushback. Yeah, we'll have to see. You know, and this is where... Uh, Pancho's via army. They need to step up, you know, as being the, uh, aren't they officially like the, the, the porra de la selección mexicana? When the U, in the U.S., yeah. Yeah. This is where they need to start to do something and, you know, hey, let's work on, you know, course correcting. Let's find something to, you know, yell at or, you know, find, this is, this is their job. That's what they're supposed to do, man. They're supposed to be the ones that like, huh? 
This is the, that's the Pocho Villa's army, though, man. Oh, shots say, fired! Pocho Villa's army. Oh. It's not. It's not a shot, man. It's not a shot. It's just the way. It's just the way it is. But I will say that they 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 don't say it. They don't chant. They don't do the chant. They have you know gotten it out of their ranks and stuff. Yeah. It's the other Mexicans, like the old school Mexicans that that do that. But it's not like um, um you know they can influence. They don't. They're not too big of an influence. Mm. Yeah, um, I, I agree with Chiquis there. Like at the, at the end of the day, their influence is not that strong where they could, you know, they, they managed to like drown Mexico. out, drown out that grito with another grito, or at least in Moleros, you know, who say, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna drown them out on the corner kick. We're gonna yell, we're gonna yell, fua, and then, you know, fua. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to see. What happens, Mexico has two upcoming Partidos Moleros. They're going to play Panama at the end of the month on the 30th. And then uh, Cantina MX will be on the field yes. on the 3rd. Yes, we will. July 3rd against Nigeria in the LA Coliseum. Let's go. Yes, we will, sir. Me and Jaime will be in attendance. Yeah, so if you see us out there, you know. Say hello. There's going to be uh, full capacity. Uh, how big is that stadium? Like 70? I don't know. It's Which one? L.A. Coliseum. It used to be 90. And I know USC started, like, you know, fixing it up, and they changed sections. Uh-huh. So, I don't know, man. I'm I'm going uh, to be, be generous and say they're at, like, 80. Yeah. If only there was a way of finding out, I mean. 78,467, like, so oh, pretty close. 78? That was close. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been to that stadium. I know it's right next to the the LAFC stadium. I've been to that. I've been to the Rose uh, the Rose Bowl, but no, I haven't been to the Coliseum. Never to the, the Coliseum is the, the OG Azteca del Norte. Wow. That's where Mex used to play like the majority of their friendlies way back when. Before Soccer United Marketing. And uh, uh, they hosted the Olympics there? Because I see the like the Olympic logo. Yeah, there. like in 84, in 84. Oh, wow. 1984. Yeah, hosted Olympics. They just did not get World Cup games. They went to the Rose Bowl. Wow. Yeah, because the Rose Bowl fits like, what, 100? <laughs> and then I doubt, I doubt they're going to be getting... Anymore? Nope. Uh, now with the new uh, Rams, right? The Rams are in town now. Yeah, yeah. so they'll use NFL stadiums. That, which, yeah, but who knows, man? They've been fixing it up, so mm. USC has their pool. They might, you know, get at least one, get one game in here, you know. So check this out for these upcoming friendlies and for the Gold Cup, Tata Martino. Uh, gave his list of 45 players and not a single one of them with the name of Javier Chichito Hernandez. He has <laughs> been snubbed from the list. He's not even going to be considered. 45 players and our top goal scorer of all time has been snubbed. And uh, taking his place will be Rogelio Funes Mori. That's for Moleros, though, right? He is on the prelista for 
No, he's not the going Gold to the Gold Cup. Cup. Wait, they took it. Wasn't he on the list though? Not anymore. Think. Man, it's like the wrong list. Like forty-five. They had forty-five play. There was like a list that we talked about uh, last week, but then now he, you know, he he finally submitted like the list of players that will be going to. Oh, he 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 didn't make the cut. No. Dang. Yeah. Well, if I'm not mistaken, this is the list of players that will be going to either the Olympics or to the Gold Cup. So it's kind of like two rosters. Yeah, I don't know what Chicha did, man. He must have pissed off. Um, Yeah, it's. You have five goalkeepers, Talavera, Cota, Ochoa, Orozco, Jurado, and Luis Malagón. The rumor is that Ochoa will be going to the Olympics as an overage player. And then uh, I think the other player was going to be Luis Romo in the midfield or in the defense, I guess. And then uh, potentially Henry Martín because Jose Juan Macias, unfortunately, has been missing his shooting boots. He hasn't scored in a very long time. And he might potentially miss out on both the Olympics and the Gold Cup at this point, man. It's, I mean, his Dang. his stock has like tanked, like terribly. <laughs> oh man, yep. So, so now that we know that Javier Hernandez will not be going to the Gold Cup, I have a trivia question for both you and uh, Cheekies. How many? Gold Cups has Chicharito participated in? Oh, let me see. No cheating, obviously. I'm going to say three. What about you, Chiquis? What do you think? Washing dishes? <laughs> he muted himself while he asked Siri. Gold Cups. Yeah, that was me. I agree. Um, he was three sounds theory. like a good number. I'm, I'm gonna say four though. <laughs> All right, you guys are not gonna believe this. He has only been to one gold cup, and that was in 2011. Damn, and that's the first one I was thinking of. And he was Geo. the MVP. That was a Geo though. Isn't that crazy? He's only been a one. Yeah, he got me there, man. I thought I, I thought I seen him more often. I... Because that's beneath him. <laughs> I'm not really sure, like, what exactly happened. I think, like, in 2013, we we, we uh, sent, like, scrubs. And then in 2015, uh, I believe he got injured in the matches leading up to the tournament. So then he ended up not going. And then, yeah, he just hasn't been, He just hasn't gotten a gold cup, man. He only went to one in 2011. That is redonkulous. And the uh, it's not meant for him. And you know what? Uh, little, little, little f you to all the haters saying that. Oh, he scored all his goals and you know against Caribbean teams and stuff. He's only been a one gold cup, so his goals came from other countries and other tournaments, not the gold cup. So suck it. Nah, but he has, <laughs> he has, he has scored against all the top. Okay. Well, he even at the club against... level. He... Because everyone says, oh, he's got 50-something goals because he scored, you know, 50 of them against El Salvador and Guatemala. I'm like, no, bro. No. That was, that was Kikin. Kikin, uh, back back in Kikin's time, 
they had uh, qualifiers with like all the uh, all the like uh, Saint scrub Kitts team, the minnow teams. <laughs> yeah, same kids, and uh, I forget the other one. There was like a few, and he scored like there was like a seven zero games and stuff like that. And that's where Kiki Sagan got a too. Sag- yeah, Sagan, Sagan yeah. the Gold Cup, he scored like thirteen or seventeen goals. Yeah, and it was against a lot of these, you know, smaller teams. He scored 21 goals for the national team. What the hell? Kikin Fonseca, oh, man. Kikin. What? Yeah. That is crazy. That thing scored a ton of goals, man. 21 in four years. From 2004 to 2008. Then he was fell off the face of the earth. <laughs> if you look at some of, the, uh, some of the final scores of some of those games, it was like... I think one of them might have gotten to the double digits, so like 10, 10 to 1 or something like that. Wow. So, with this list of 45 players, how, you know, we kind of talked about this last episode, you know, the possibility of Rogelio Funes Mori joining Mexico now that he's naturalized. Um, do you think Tata's making a mistake calling him up? No, I don't. He hasn't been, you know, he hasn't been on point either lately. But I think he deserves a chance. Mistake is just uh, there's there's even <laughs> there was like a funny comment of um, oh it was like a it was a crack against Chivas it was like. It was like, okay, now you have no. Now Chivas has more Mexican, has a, a stronger Mexican policy than the national team, or something like that. I, forget what it was. I saw, I saw that Chivas tweet. Chivas are more that, are more Mexican than the national team. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, old news. Then, Chivas, um, old news. Well, yeah, the comeback is he he is Mexican and stuff, but that's not a very good comeback. Well, you know that's but that's been used before. You know, back way back when. So, yeah. At this point, you know, we take our chances with Funes Mori. I don't agree with omitting a player like Javier Hernandez. I don't care if you know you don't agree with his lifestyle, ego, personality, whatever, whatever reason Tata has for you know not. I mean, no reason. The, He's like, giving him a free pass. You, for me, it's like, yo, when the going gets tough, this dude can come off the bench and do a lot more than Henry Martin with, you know, two left feet. I don't know what, what people see in Henry <laughs> Martin or Alan Pulido, okay. but these dudes have done nothing in these partidos moleros. They've, they've done absolutely nothing. And at this point, it's like, at least give this kid a, a, a try, bring him back. You know, he's scoring goals in the MLS. He's taking it serious this season. You know, bring him back, man. It's not going to hurt you. He he might end up scoring a goal. That might be the worst thing that happens is he might end up scoring goals for you. I think Martin, was, Martin finally mentioned in a tweet, like what we've been saying all, all along, or maybe I've been saying, is that Tata Martino knows something. He has the inside knowledge, and he's got to be the one that makes the decision, and he's making it for some obvious for some reason yeah that, uh, well, maybe we just don't know 
Well, it goes far. It goes back into the World Cup, and then there's talk about after the after Max beat Germany that he was trying to like he orchestrated like some type of boycott. Like Ooh. he was, they were trying to Chicharro. Oh, really? They were trying to, they were trying to like uh, get more money from FMF, and that FMF was like, all right, but. Let's wait until after. So there was there was talk of that, and we did see that supposedly that solidarity was. I don't know if you remember. Um, a couple of the players ended up like dyeing their hair blonde. Yeah, I remember that. And that was the group that was like. It was like Lyon, Salcedo. Yeah, they were like leading a revolt, hmm. and so, and saying that's where a lot of the problems started. Interesting. They felt that, yeah, that's that's been one of the one of the big rumors as to as to what happened. Doesn't help that when Tata came, sort of Chicharo, you know, stock dropped and he he wasn't playing good for a long time. Yeah, I got to witness one of his last goals for the selection, and that was. Uh... The Partido Molero in the Levi Stadium. If I'm not mistaken, it was against uh, Paraguay. And that was his 51st goal that he scored against the United States in the MetLife Stadium. And who knows, man, that might be his last goal for that selection. We'll have to see how the aftermath of the gold cup and the, uh, the Olympics go. Um, what are you guys' predictions? Like, you know, looking at this squad and, and seeing how they've been performing and in the nation's league, do you think Mexico are going to, uh, win the gold cup or do you think they're going to, they're going to fall short? I think they'll make the final. I mean, they don't cross with the U S the U S is probably, you know, we might get that interesting rematch. Well, yeah, I can see him going. I mean, I think they're going to go to the final again. Um, I think we've said I said this before, but uh, they could possibly again once once again lose to the U.S. That would be a that's a very good possibility. If you look at the group stage, we have still, I believe, some teams still trying to fight for a spot, uh, but Mexico's in a group with Curaçao. And El Salvador. Uh, meanwhile, the U.S. will be in a group with Canada and Martinique. So it's a pretty, yeah, right, right. pretty accessible group for for Mexico. Yeah, the the thing is, like, and it's rare, and I don't think it's happened where they met like in semifinal. You know, I think if they ever meet, it's always in the final. They're always grouped far apart so that it doesn't happen. Yeah. I'm not really sure how it's going to work out because, uh, you know, they're in Group A, Mexico's in Group A, and then USA is in Group B. So I don't know if, you know, the winners of those groups will, you know, face each other in the next round or you know, I don't know how it works, but obviously they'll try and find a way to to always match it up where it's U.S. versus Mexico in the in the final. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in my opinion, it's, it's their – 
you know, if they're a tournament to lose, either one of those sides will probably have enough enough depth to to have a deep run. Um, I you know, I just hope that the the strikers wake up and we start scoring goals because that's been a big a big problem for Mexico. And uh, we'll have to see how Funes Mori gets incorporated into the team and how he you know the reception that he'll get from from players because. I mean, he plays for Rayados, and I don't really know from that line, you know, from the teams, from the players that are called up, if he's going to have any teammates. I know uh, Charlie Rodriguez is maybe his only teammate <laughs> from uh, Rayados. Everybody else is from other other clubs, so we'll have to see how. Who knows, man? He might get shunned. They might give him a hard time, or he might fit in. Nah. I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't, I don't see that. Someone doing something like that, you know, cause, you, cause you never know, man. You might, you might be doing something like that, and then you end up at, at Rayados. <laughs> True. You know, I mean, you're, you're not gonna do stuff like that. These guys are professionals. I don't, I just don't see that happening. It has it happened, sure, but. Just, I don't think that's that's the case anymore. For sure. Especially if you're like a, a bigger name, you know. Maybe you're like some noob, just getting called. But he's he's a pretty big name. So check this out, guys. We were talking about Santiago Ormeño, and uh, he ended up going to Copa America. And I was like, hey, he hasn't made his debut yet. You know, we're kind of in the, you know, ending stages of the group stage. And as soon as I, like, you know, brought it up to you guys, that's when uh, his name <laughs> got called up. And he, you know, played about, like, seven to eight minutes for Peru. They ended up winning their match. And uh, he's officially off the market for for Mexico. So good for Romano. The one that got away. <laughs> oh, it means to be seen, huh? <laughs> I wish him the best, you know. I hope that he uh, ends up scoring for Peru. I think that'd be really nice. I, I think he got away. Maybe not so much for Selección, but definitely for Chivas, man. Chivas is hurting for for, a striker. for strikers. I agree. Yeah, I know. I know there's some that disagree. They say we need a creative mid or whatnot, but... There hasn't been a consistent. I mean, you need more than one. You could say JJ Mack because of the number of goals he has, but you need you need more. We need more more firepower, mass. And uh, man, you always find ways to know what topic I'm going to talk about next. And of course, we have to talk <laughs> about Amazon Prime. Chivas made their docu series debut on June 18th. And actually, for some reason in the States, it was already available as of Thursday. And uh, Chivas El Rebaño Sagrado now streaming on Amazon Prime here in the States, anywhere in the world. And we had four episodes of of this amazing series. And uh, were you guys able to to catch any of those scenes? I did not, man. Oh, Uh, 
I did not even, even more of a reason. Down. <laughs> <laughs> Cheekies, I think Cheeky saw some of it because he was looking for trolling material. He was, he was, um, he was, what was it? The whole pollo diseño thing that was trending. His pollos fight with, I guess, what was it? Titier? Titier. Yeah, I'll, I'll break down the scene for you guys. Um, so in the second episode, there's a scene in training and uh, the Tier, Ponce, Macias, they're kind of on the bench and Boyo just comes at the Tier Villalpando sideways, man. He's like, yeah, 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 like you're, you're trash, you suck. Like I know I'm bad, but at least I have balls and you don't have either one of those things. And uh, <laughs> the Tier, the uh, child molester Villalpando, he's just like, hey, so he just says, you know, just, just fuck off, you know, keep, you know, keep talking, whatever it is. You suck, bro. Like, you're trash. And uh, Ponce is laughing, and Macias just looks like he wants to, like, go back to Leon. And, <laughs> and uh, it was just a very intense scene, and I'm surprised that they kept it in the in the show. And uh, well, that's, that's what they want, dude. I mean, if the team's not going anywhere, at least give, give him drama. And, of course, everybody went on Twitter and they're like, Team Boyo, Team Boyo, blah, 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 blah. You know, he's you know he's, he's the kind of character we need and he should be the captain of Chivas. I'm like, well, in order to be the captain of Chivas, you have to be in the starting lineup. So you should probably work on that first. <laughs> <laughs> Cheekies, what do you think? What would you see? Well, it was, it's, I don't know if it's my contrarian in me, but... I just saw the clip. I wanted to get more of the context, which I guess you described all of it. But uh, I mean, it's true. I think that dude. It's true. The dude Ooh, has part of it is more, true. It's true that deep, uh, that uh, Pollo has more uh, Morgan has more uh, fight in him. Oh, but that right. doesn't make it, that doesn't make him like you know something to brag about and someone this and for us to be like, oh yeah, team team Pollo all the way and all this stuff. Yeah. What's the big deal of him? You know, he still sucks. I mean, are we going to be like Team Boyo and, and, and this guy sucks? He's not even on the. So it's sort of ridiculous. So I, I mean, I don't, I don't agree with the whole um, like Team Boyo and stuff. The dude's a bench rider, a bench rider, right? So he, he so celebrates successful slide tackles. That that should, that, slide that should tackles. tell you everything you should know about El Pollo Briseño. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if you make it that far in soccer, you don't suck. You might not be that good, but you're playing against like an elite, elite, elite group of players. Mm, there's this even I, I, even I, if it doesn't seem like it, yeah. you're gonna people are gonna start comparing them to the, you know, Champions League or to the Cristianos. But I guarantee you, man, that rich dude goes up against the average starter, and you'll see the the massive difference in quality. It's it's uh, I've heard this joke where it's like maybe in the Olympics they should throw a random, you know, into the events just so that we could see how how the random person would fare against some of these Olympians and and these are top athletes and so it's it's uh yeah we might say they suck but it's it's not I, easy man even even like I I, I the only reason I don't agree with that is because there's players like Juan Carlos Leano that you know were in the first division and. <laughs> 
That guy was a straight up tronco, hijo de papi. His team, his what dad, his dad owned the team, and that's the only reason why he was he got so much playing time, man. But there's always well, there's always those one players, exception, dude. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a big exception. It's, it's like that. <laughs> what is it like in the team from from China? Where is it like an Asian team? And and the, oh yeah, the daddy owned the the team, and the, and the son's like like really like overweight. <laughs> son was son was looking <laughs> like were, trophies in the summertime. <laughs> they were posting clips, and he could barely run. I was like, damn, that would be me. That would be me. Hey, but I'll get to play. <laughs> the thing... Teammates have to pass you the ball, dude. Yeah. So here's the thing, you know, because people ask, why even bother having a TV show? You know, Chivas are trash. That You know, they haven't won anything since 2017. But you got to understand, let me give everyone some context. Our owner had a son. That son was passionate about cinema and, and movies and, and being a director and all that. So he grew up. In fact, his, his dad gifted him a camera when he was like eight years old, and he just took off with it. So he's always been passionate about cinema, and that's why we had the Chivas movie, you know, the movie that we, I still haven't seen, but, you know, it came out after they had won their championship, and it kind of recapped that season. And then now we have this TV show on Amazon Prime. So, I mean, you can tell that this is – uh, Amaudi's influence and he sort of incorporated this into the brand of Chivas and I I applaud him for it because you know what at the end of the day you know we we're in a bubble or you know we 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 breathe Mexican football we love Mexican football we watch this week in week out at least we try to but there's a whole audience outside of even the states that don't know anything about Mexico they might have heard about Chivas because of Chicharito or, you know, maybe because they see it on the Internet sometimes. So this is a great opportunity for Chivas to expand, you know, their horizon and, and get people that don't really are familiar with, with the team, with the history, and uh, with Liga Mekis and, uh, you know, turn them into at least, you know, followers or even fans. I know it happened with me when uh, I watched uh, the Sunderland thing on Netflix such a tragic story about this team and uh i have a soft spot for them now because i i got to see just the tragedy that they went through you know getting relegated to championship and then getting relegated again to the to the sec- the third tier of of the english football so i mean you know, there's there's fans out all over the world now that are going to be able to look at this and uh and be intrigued and be interested in 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 Guadalajara. so i applaud them for that yeah yeah, it's just, are are these, because I know they've done it with other teams, are they always four episodes? That just seems like very little to me. Yeah, it's the timing of it. Unfortunately, you know, they started, you know, rolling the cameras, uh, you know, right after Chivas had, you know, signed all those, all those players. And then COVID happened. So, you know, they weren't, ah. yeah, I, I'm assuming that that kind of slowed down the production and they weren't able to get as much clips as possible. But man, Amaudi was really banking on the fact that, you know, he was going to capture like a championship run and, and well, up... yeah, they had, they had reached the semis right before that was the season before the filming. They made the semifinal. Uh, so the recording, I, I really don't know the timeline that well, but I think it was like 20. No, dude. Because it was it was Fernando Tena was still coach like in the first couple episodes, and then um you know they had they had just announced uh, like they had just announced 
uh, you know, the the signings with like Chicote and Angulo and uh, Victor Guzman. Like that was like the first episode is like they had just signed all these players. Oh, all right. So yeah. then if they continue filming it, it is going to be uh, or continue. I mean, they should already have all that stuff. And uh, they didn't film it. I was actually kind of disappointed because I wanted to know a little bit more about, you know, the whole Pocho incident and they didn't really talk too much about it. You know, they just, you know, he just got up and left like really upset. And then that's how the first episode ends is like him leaving uh, Chivas. And then the next episode, it's, you know, it's all these like headlines about, you know, why he left and el dopaje and all that stuff. But they didn't really go more into that. And then also very disappointing is the whole fiasco with Vialpando and all that, that's not in it either. They did talk about uh, Chicote, how, you know, he got drunk and went to go party at like a, you know, fiesta and started singing and stuff. Wait, so, what was the, the Vialpando refresh? That was when... Refresh our the, memories. He was like molesting a minor. Wait, was well, allegedly because he didn't <laughs> go to jail, right? I mean, he got so ar- erased he from the team. He, he, I don't think he has a team he right did. now. Dolphys, all of them did, but I mean, he's not in jail. I don't think so. I mean, but that was that was part of it. Uh, they got a, they were accused, right? Or charges were pressed on them. They probably yeah. paid. They probably paid hush money. Uh, you know, who knows? We're assuming. Yeah, Wait, Jaime, though, the beginning of the show, the beginning of the. Uh... The beginning of the series, first episode, starts with Chivas versus Atlante. I think it's in a Liguilla match. And uh, and they got a penalty kick. Copa Mekis. And the Camp. Oh, it's Copa Mekis? Yeah. Oh, Campa Ruiz. Uh, Campa Ruiz, he's the one that uh, blocks the. I, th- I think he blocks the shot. And Atlante wins, right? Yeah. So that was like the, uh, the beginning the, of it. That was the opening scene. It was the quarterfinals of the Copa Mekis, Chivas versus Atlante. They tied 1-1, went to penalties, and then, you know, they end up losing. And uh, the first scene is like Jorge Vergara, he's still alive. He's got his little Bluetooth headset on, and he just starts ripping a new one into the team. And uh, and that's how, that's how it started. And then, you know, they briefly talk about his death and, uh, you know, how he – Amaudi promised his father something and, you know, he won't say what the promise is until it happens. So he's not going to sell the team until he accomplishes what, you know, he, he promises his father. So it's pretty interesting because, uh, cause it doesn't really like, it shows sort of like the failures. It doesn't just like show everything positive about Chivas. Um, it shows like all the signings and then it shows, um, Pocho Guzman fall through, and, and everyone just like lies and everyone just like sits there like what what's going on and and then uh, it's funny how uh, I think Pelais tries to motivate them and he comes up with like these goals and he writes them up on a little oh, board check boxes yeah a little whiteboard and says these are our goals this is what we're gonna do we're gonna win we're gonna qualify for Liga we're gonna win the Copa I don't know if it was Copa Max and then we're gonna we're gonna get to like quarter or semifinals or something is the goal for Liga. And I was just like laughing. I was like, <laughs> "This joke's gonna happen," because you already know, like, the results. You already know what's stuff, gonna happen. But... Yeah, but they, they do make it to the semifinals. <laughs> I forget what the goals are, and they yeah, might, they might have, the, they might have. 
But it's just like man, it's just laughing because you know it's you know it doesn't. Well, result. the the biggest yeah. ironic part of that because he he said, hey, like these are the goals we're after. Number one is discipline. <laughs> and I just oh like, yeah yeah. I started, Once you hear discipline, you're like, like what the heck? that was the first one is like number one before we started you know trying to go for any titles like we got to make sure that we're disciplined that we're on our best behavior and I just started dying because it's like oh man if you only knew. What you're gonna get yourself into? This is before all the you know, the controversies and the scandals. And then he said, second goal is to win Copa Mekis, uh, qualify for Liguilla, and then eventually win a league. You know, so you know they basically the uh, the next scene is them getting eliminated by Dorados in Copa Mekis. And if I'm not mistaken, that's the last Copa Mekis that we had. So you know, Chivas even had. Haven't even had the opportunity to. Uh... They did get to the final of the Copa por Mexico. Yeah, come on, man. What? <laughs> <laughs> it was a cup played, man. I mean, yeah, it was a it was a bullshit cup. You know, it's one of those Mickey Mouse ones. But you know, they did get to the final of that. Um, but yeah, they lost to Dorados. That was in January of 2020. You know, so that was before COVID. And then uh, once the team starts getting on a roll, because remember, Chios got on a roll. Uh, and they started winning games, and they were in fifth place, and that's when the the season got canceled. And then uh, yeah, that's Cortina, man. Then they did the everyone forgot that. Yeah, then they <sighs> they did the Copa for Mexico. They restarted the the league, and then he he, he got fired. And then he and, yeah, he uh, makes the final. Yeah, you know what's crazy is. When uh, then I got you know let go, the the players didn't know they were all in the in the training pitch, and they're all like whispering to each other like, "Hey, on the start, Flaco," and uh, then Belas is like, "He's fucking fired," <laughs> and then uh, it like that, and then uh, and then Macias like they start to like open up and they said like Macias was talking about how like yeah like. I'm over here busting my balls and everybody on the pitch is clueless. Like we need to work on the tactical side of things. And, you know, I'm, I'm just like, damn, I see us like you are not, you know, you're already not liked in the locker room and you're over here throwing everybody under the bus, dude. Like no wonder you're going through such a bad slump. Like no one has your back. Like no one passes him the ball. They were talking about that in the, in, in the, in the series, like how nobody except for like Antuna, like passes him the ball and stuff. And I'm just like, damn, bro. Like, nobody really likes him. His best friend is, like, Tiba Sepulveda. Um, I didn't know that. That was really interesting to find out. And uh, I think one of the most interesting things about what I saw that in this was Chicote, that he was going up to Pelaez asking him to, you know, for more minutes and to start. And he was complaining to Pelaez. And I'm like, dude, like, why aren't you, like, talking to, uh, to Dena or... Or Wusitich uh, about this, like, why are you, you know, going to Pelaez? Well, I think Pelaez, because, because you know, like, if Pelaez did the transfers and he talked to them, and so I think he feels like, just, you know, if he convinced him to come to Chivas, and he could be like, hey, you promised me this, you know, or, or I guess, but it's kind of weird that you don't have a direct relationship with your coach. You know, that's the guy who's making the shots, right? He's making the decisions of. Well, it's like, you know, like in work, if you have a manager and you feel he's maybe he doesn't like you or whatnot, you you'll... you go over his head. 
You go to <laughs> Yeah, like if you, you tell the manager, hey, can I get these days off or or I already worked this shift or whatnot and, and it's like they don't seem like they're hearing listening to you or helping you out. And you're like, All right, F and I'm going to I'm going to the supervisor or to human resources. I see. <laughs> I'm going one up, man. Just getting me nowhere. But but I do think like Pelias, you know, like he's he's the one that does the transfers. Yeah. And I assume he might he might meet and talk to some of the players because that's that's something that and I'm assuming here, but that's something Chivas has lacked in the past. When you saw like why they had such a difficult time, and it's like they really didn't have any like big like any named representative, you know, like um, that that could like try to convince you to join the club. I mean, so before they had Nestor, and they've been in the Higuera. game for a long time. Uh, no, no, Miguel, nah, dude, that, that that come on, come on, now that, that that's not even in the same ballpark. Football wise, like if it's like a personality going up to you. So the the De La Torre has been around for a long time. So he he knows what's up. He he could tell you, he could talk your ear off, whatever. And and so that's when when he was in charge, he could get players, and he got many players to return, including um, uh, was it Fabian? Marco Fabian was at Cruz Azul. You know, he had that thing. He got him to come back. Same with Pelayas, you know, sort of had to convince JJ Mack to return. And so you you kind of, Chivas lacked that. He had a, he's new to the game. He didn't really have that. He just had his his connection with Grupo Pachuca and all the, the majority of the big signings were all Grupo Pachuca players. So he didn't, he was just opening up the coin purse. <laughs> he wasn't really going around. But I, I remember when... um. They first signed the Vela, and and I think I, I'm not sure he had just signed, or or it was after the because man we're going way back, we're going to like oh five here, um, but he went to Arsenal, and then they had him they had like Henry show him around the grounds, uh-huh. and I'm like man if you're a kid, <laughs> they they you know, they're they're rolling out this red carpet for you. So of course, man, she was was like, "Hey, we'll give you this car. We'll do all this," and he was like, "Nah, man, f f your Fiat or whatever they were gonna give them." And he he bounces to to England. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I guess it goes to show like Pelas has a really good, uh, at least I would hope that he has a really good relationship with his players because he used to be a player, so he kind of has that 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 connection. And uh, yeah, um, you wait. Well, you know, like, and you're mentioning players. You see some of it. You could kind of see some of it. I don't know. And if any of you guys uh, have seen, there was the show with The Rock in HBO. I think it's called Ballers or something, where he's like an agent, and he used to be it. like a football player, and he goes around. And it's it's similar to that. It, it's it's very similar where he could go and talk to them, and he kind of knows where they're coming from, or. or or what what their concerns or expectations are. All I know is they portray Pelaez as like, oh man, like 
He's the one. He's the chosen one. He, he says all the nice, all the right things. He's like, andale, cabrones, you know, and uh, we're going to win campeonatos, cabrones, no se va a hablar de descenso. Yeah, like, you know, every scene, like, he looks good, he sounds good, but, you know, he just hasn't been able to to get the results. And, you know, they didn't really show Vucetich too much. I could tell that, like, the third and the fourth episode, they kind of rushed you know, they scrambled for footage, you know, because of the pandemic and everything. Uh, they do show, like, you know, Chivas getting to semis, uh, the goals that Chicote scored against America. And uh, it sort of just ends with, you know, them getting eliminated by Leon. And, uh, oh, man, they showed they went that fast in four episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, that's it was, quick, man. Was, uh, my my uh, most, like, the, the episode that I liked the least was. Like they they spent one episode with Boyo Briseño and his pregnant wife and how, you know, <laughs> she was gonna like give birth and he didn't go to the hospital with her. He wanted to go to the you know because he was gonna be a starter for the game, so he ends up playing against. Uh, I think it was the Atlas. I think it was the Atlas Chivas match or something. And uh, yeah, you know, he gets the start and he after the game ends, he he runs to the hospital and he he's able to you know, witness the birth of his child. But I'm just like, dude, like, I don't really care about Boyo Briseño, man. That guy sucks. Like, <laughs> like damn. Like, can't they just like, I don't know. There's like so many more interesting players that I would have liked to know more about, you know, like trophies. Was there enough trophy? Was oh, yeah. there enough trophy give, cam? They didn't give him any no. love. No. <laughs> just, they you know, and that kind of that kind of shows the team is done with him because if they had, you know, if they had more plans or big plans for him. They would have, they would have uh, focused on him because for a long time he was the big, you know, yeah, he was, he was the the, yep. the big hope. They were banking on him to have like a, a good season, like an ex- and he never really did. Aside from he'll have some games where he looked really good, mm-hmm. but he never had like a whole season where he just killed it. And I, I don't, I know he scored like a goal or two maybe early on with with St. Joe, but I haven't heard of him. And I was expecting a bit more, man. I'm thinking you're at MLS, you know. Well, he's at the San defending Jose. a suspect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but still, man, when you get the ball, that's all mm-hmm. you. And you're gonna play some weak teams, or you're like, you know, make a couple highlight reels. You know, MLS is hurting for that stuff, so they would be pimping it, man. If he was, yeah, there's a couple, you know. He has not. He has definitely not lived up to the hype in San Jose. He's been struggling. He's been starting though. You know, he started against Austin over the weekend. Um, it's just they just haven't been able to really generate much over there. Because they still have Wondolowski. That's their that's their striker. This guy's like fifty years old. Still, <laughs> they won't let him retire in San Jose. They're like, man, you're gonna have to keep playing because <laughs> we don't have anybody else. <laughs> Wake sneak you, man. <laughs> that's like Chivas, man. That's like Chivas when they would. We still have Oribe. So we're struggling too. Nah, they would. They would bring uh, who they bring? Eighty year old Chiva player. Oh, it's the Chava. Chava Reyes. Chava Reyes. 
in like every other season they would bring some of the campeonismos that'd be like in wheelchairs and with <laughs> the air those air things and they'll like roll them out into the field and be like hey, this. and I was like damn dude that's just let them rest <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's a great series even if you're not a Chivas fan. I highly recommend watching it just for the lulls. You know, everybody knows how the how the season went, and uh, it, you know, parts of it were cool. Like, oh man, like I really enjoyed seeing this. You know, Macias, they they did, you know, show him where he lives with his parents, and it's like a really nice house, and he has a personal trainer, personal chef, and he has man, you know, high speed internet and Thiva. <laughs> Diva still lives at the academy, man. He doesn't even have his own home. He, he still lives there, and um, but he probably lives like like in another state, you know. Yeah, I think they were talking about that's like, what happens. I don't, yeah, his... I don't think I don't, unless unless he his family is really poor and if they live like on some some tin shack, you know, in some some desolate town. It's... But I, it yeah. could be that it just. From another, you know, another state or another city that's too far. You know what's crazy? You know, I don't really, I didn't really think about this, but, you know, he was saying that, like, you know, at the age of 12, you know, he left home. Like, that's rough, dude. Like, you leave out. Yeah, like, like you, like, his brother, because his brother was also in the academy, and he said that his brother left when he was 12, and, like, he just couldn't, he couldn't handle it. Like, he missed home too much, and then he ended up, like, you know, I think he ended up becoming like a nurse or something. And, uh, you know, Thiwa said that, yeah, he was a better player than me, but he just, you know, he just missed, he was homesick. And he's like, and I left, he said, he, I, I left home at 14 and I've been here ever since. And I see my family like twice, a, twice a year. I'm like, damn. You know, they, they had a problem like this similar in Europe many years ago. They were bringing many kids from Africa, you know, to some of these European teams. And they were very young, and you know, like 12, 14. And, and a lot of them, you know, they, they, they wouldn't cut it. And it's, you know, I assume similar, similar reasons to what you're saying. They get homesick or they're all alone. They don't know one hard to adapt. You have to learn the language. But they were, um, so like the club would release them and their agents would just leave them out there. And so you oh, had a bunch shit. of homeless kids. You see some kid peddling for money, That's and crazy. then you probably—he's probably still wearing his Inter training kit. You probably you think he stole it or something. Dang. You could not guess he was actually in the academy. So uh, FIFA ended up doing a rule where it's like, I think if the club, if the club signed or brought anyone under eighteen. They had to bring a parent or, you know, at least one of the parents. They had to, the parents had to be staying there. You couldn't just bring the kid. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean. And my... probably had some in, intense cascaritas over there, man. <laughs> <laughs> one of my friends from high school, he was actually, um, yeah, he was super talented. He ended up getting uh, picked up by Chios USA. And he was with the reserves, but he uh, he ended up quitting because he he said he was homesick. 
and uh um, was he at san jose he lived in san jose yeah yeah and, and see and, and and i understand that and, and you see that's not even that far what is it eight hours yeah, I'm like, dude, it's not even that far, man. I always give him shit. I'm like, dude, you could have been pro. Just you should have just sucked. But he wanted to party. He was a party guy. He was a party animal. Ah, he's he's <laughs> Yeah, he's like, man, all my friends are in college, like having fun. And I'm over here. Yeah, so he ended up going. Well, that's the sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. He ended up going back to college and partying and stuff. I'm like, he also on, became dude. a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I get it. You know, everyone's different. Some people are just not willing to sacrifice. They don't, want, they don't have a strong enough mentality to just give it a little bit more. That's what free, you yeah. know, frustrates me, bro. It's like you see players that have the talent, like, you know, Carlos Vela, but just don't have the mentality. And then you have players like Chicharito who just because of hard work and, and just positive attitude, like, got to where he is. But that guy has, like... He's he's not even talented. <laughs> he's got world class like positioning, but you know, if you look at it, you know, if you if you stack them up against each other, like Vela's such a more talented, complete player. And it's just like, man, what a waste. Damn. Yeah. Dang. So that's pretty much all the big topics we have for tonight. There is a rumor picking up steam with Luis Romo potentially uh, going to Celta Vigo over there where uh, Araujo plays. And he says that his one of his agents is, is there. But I guess take it with a grain of salt, but that would be great for for him and for the you know well-being of the national team because we haven't exported any players this season to Europe. Not that I know of. It's one of the top Romo, players man. of the tournament, so if there's that opportunity, he wants it, hey, power to him. There's also uh, somebody trying to go for Johan Vasquez, Cheekies. I don't know if you're anything. You guys do a pretty good job of selling your talent, so. Kevin <laughs> Riddle yeah. in. But at least he was like a, huh? Like a Mexican, at least. Not like a South American. Uh, James. As well, I guess. I'm going to have to cut off early today. Yes. I'll see you guys. Same bad time, same bad channel. Yeah. I mean, we can wrap All it right. up. Um, yeah, these, those are the big topics, but thank you well for, for coming on. All right. Thank you, gents. Later, everyone. All right. So pretty short episode tonight. Again, we're kind of in between tournaments and Liga Mekis, but we do have some upcoming friendlies again at the end of June, uh, the 30th, which is next Wednesday. And then the partido in LA on the third. So make sure to tune in for that, and we will be back next week with another episode. Want a big shout-out to everybody on the YouTube chat tonight. Thank you guys for your ongoing support. And uh, do you have any closing thoughts before we wrap this up, Cheekies? 
uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with the chant and finishing the rest of this Chivas thing. Absolutely. Well, I hope everyone has a great night. We are signing up for Cantina MX Football Podcast. <laughs>